0: Jesus, hold my hand. Please be seated. And here we are again. Another gift from God, in His great blessing, blessing us and allowing us to assemble to worship Him in spirit and in truth is good. To see each of you here, both members and visitors alike, we praise God for your your visit, for your attendance tonight. Let's go to God in prayer, please. Righteous God, we praise you, we love you, and thank you. Hallowed be your great and amazing name. Thank you, Lord God, for all that you've done and for all that you do and for all that you will do. Please bless our worship, praying that all things that will and have been said and done, will and have been pleasing and acceptable in your sight. Lord God, help us never to forget Jesus, your great Son, who lived and died. That we might live through his sacrifice, these things we pray and ask you for and thank you for in that wonderful name of Jesus Christ to be that will amen Matthew please, chapter ten, continuing on demonology um, and demon possession uh, the Bible emphatically speaks of evil, speaks of them as evil and, and tonight we're going to start off with the, the understanding that Satan uh, nor his demons are omnipresent, right? So they cannot be in all places at all times. They are just one, and then another one, and then another one. I want to show you that there are many demons. Matthew 10 and verse 1. And having summoned his twelve disciples, he gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. Notice that the word spirits is plural it will always be plural in the scriptures of mark chapter 3 and verse 11 because when we're speaking of satan we don't have to fear that he's here and he's there or his demons are here and there Um, again there are multiple demons uh, at work for god for for himself rather uh, for satan verse 11 and whenever the unclean spirits beheld him they would fall down before him and cry out, saying, You are the Son of God. Mark chapter 6 and verse 13. Mark 6 and verse 13. And they were casting out many demons and were anointing with oil many sick people and healing them. And then one more. Revelation chapter 9 and verse 20. Just to emphasize this so that uh, there's a clear distinction between Satan himself and the demons who followed Satan into, um, you know, revolt, or if you will, wickedness against God and against humanity. Revelation 9 and verse 20. And the rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands, so as not to worship demons and the idols of gold and silver and brass and of stone and wood, which can neither see nor hear nor walk. Uh, James chapter 2. I don't know if you've ever done this before, but if you're, if you're studying with someone and they say, well, I'm not sure that I believe in God, you do realize you can use the word of demonology to teach them about God, right? Because the question about God usually is, you know, and we'll come back to this later on, about how great God is and if God is so great, then why? Uh, but they believe in evil. It's kind of interesting, right? Um, you can use the world of demonology, and the world of demonology will teach you that God exists uh, and that God is very, very real. So you get three scriptures on that idea. James 2 and verse 19. Uh, you, you know this scripture. You believe that God is one. You do well. The demons also believe and shudder. And so let's turn to Mark and let's watch them. Chapter 1, watch them shudder in the presence of God. If God were not truly in existence, then why in the world would the demons shudder? The way they do. So one of the things the atheists will say. Is they don't believe in the miracles of the Bible. But they'll never say they don't believe in the demons. That exist in our world today. Which is a really interesting thought. But anyway. Mark 1 and verse 24. The demons saying. What do we have to do with you? Jesus of Nazareth. Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are. The Holy One of God. The demons will teach you about God. Mark chapter 5 and The verse 17. verse Actually, we're going to start at verse 1. 1 through 7, excuse me. And they came to the other side of the sea into the country of the Gerasenes. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately a man from the tombs with an unclean spirit met him. And he had his dwelling among the tombs. And no one was able to bind him anymore, even with a chain. Because he had often been Bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been torn apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces, and no one was strong enough to subdue him. And constantly night and day among the tombs and in the mountains, he was crying out and gnashing himself with stones. And seeing Jesus from a distance, he ran up and bowed down before him, and crying out with a loud voice, he said, What do I have to do with you, Jesus, Son of the most high God, I implore you by God, do not torment me. And so, one thing you can do is go the opposite, reverse psychology works beautiful. Also a reverse argument that they're not expecting, and that is, okay, you don't believe in God, I get all that, and I'll continue to talk and discuss this with you. But they will say, yeah, well, we do agree there's evil. Well, there's too much documentation out there, as it is about God, that proves that demonology in its world exists. So you say, well, let's argue about demonology, let's talk about demon, and they have no the argument for demonology. And so demonology, the demons always confess uh, the greatness of God and who He is. Not only that, turn to Mark twelve. There seems to be, and I, I don't understand this completely, but there seems to be this um, hierarchy or this this um, of you know evil. There's like some are a little more evil than others. I want to go to Ma- I said Ma- Mark. I want Matthew twelve. Uh, looked at Mark and that's not the right place. Matthew 12 and verse 43. There are these degrees of evil. Like some demons are, are more wicked than other demons. And, and it's kind of an interesting thought and it's a little more, if you will, and if we're going to go and study it in a little more depth. But verse 43, listen to the text. Now when the unclean spirit goes out of a man, it passes through waterless places seeking rest and does not find it. Then it says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds it unoccupied, swept, and put in order. Then it goes and takes along with it seven other spirits more wicked than itself. And they go in and live there. And the last day of that man becomes worse than the first. That is the way it will be also with this evil generation. So that's another study within itself. But it seems as though some demons are more wicked than other demons. It gives us an understanding of the depth of of wickedness that exists even in our world, uh, today. Matthew 24. Matthew chapter 24. Satan and his demons are all about deception. He uses, uh, magic arts. He fools people in this way and, and that way. Some, some of us, you know, we, we look at magic and we see sleight of hand. How many times have you seen a magic trick and you go, oh, how'd he do that? Right? We always wonder the how. Well, when it comes to demonology, it works the same way. Verse 24 of Matthew. Uh, the Bible says, for false Christs and false prophets will arise and will show great signs and wonders so as to mislead, if possible, even the elect. So here the elect of God, those who love God, who are following God, have been and are being deceived. And how often have we seen that? Right? So Christians, that you you know, they're like strong in their faith, um, and they're serving God well, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, these, these great and wonderful uh, Christian men and women, fall away from God. You go, what what happened? Right? Turn to Exodus, please, chapter chapter five. Sometimes they'll say, I, I really don't know. I, I've just you've heard this before. I've lost my faith or something uh something of that sort. And what happens is Satan has come in and Satan has deceived the hearts of these individuals. And we pray God it never be us. Right? Pray God it never be me. Satan comes and deceives me to fall away. Was Pharaoh deceived? Yeah, not by God, by Satan himself, right? Verse 1 of Exodus uh, chapter 5. And afterwards Moses and Aaron came and said to Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may celebrate a feast to me in the wilderness. But Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord, that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, and besides, I will not let Israel go. Then they said, the God of the Hebrews has met with us. Please let us go three days journey into the wilderness that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God, lest he fall upon us with pestilence or with the sword. But the king of Egypt said to them, Moses and Aaron, why do you draw the people away from their works? Get back to your labors. Again, Pharaoh said, look, the people of the land are now many. and You would have them cease from their labors. So here, Pharaoh says, I don't even know who God is. So God says to Moses, you know, go in, take your staff, throw it down. It's going to turn into a serpent, right? Look at chapter 7. Exodus chapter 7 and verse verse 8. Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, When Pharaoh speaks to you, saying, Work a miracle, then you shall say to Aaron, Take your staff and throw it down before Pharaoh, that it may become a serpent. So Moses and Aaron came to Pharaoh, and thus they did, just as the Lord had commanded And Aaron threw his staff down and before Pharaoh and his servants, and he became a serpent. And then Pharaoh also called the wise men and the sorcerers, and they also, the magicians of Egypt, did the same with their secret art. So here's this this scary stuff, right, Um, in the Scriptures. Revelation chapter 13, please. This scary stuff that Satan could... You know, this idea the, the magic arts and sorcery and wickedness, that it really can go that deep in deception to deceive many. And it deceived Pharaoh for uh, throughout the entire time of this, this ministry and how it deceives people today. How Satan works today through deception and he gets us to follow him. He's so good at what he's been doing, right? He's been doing this for thousands and thousands of years. And he's good. And this is what I believe. This is, you know, I, first of all, we know Satan doesn't know your heart. God knows our hearts. But one thing we do know is that there's one thing Satan does know about every human being. We all have a price. See, and so Satan will continue to try us and try us and test us and tempt us and tempt us and deceive us until he finds that price. What's your price that you're putting out there dangling in the air saying, I will sell my soul. Satan for this amount. Satan knows we have a price. We're humans. So we got to make sure that we, either one, if we're going to have a price, make it high enough that he can't attain it, or erase that price. Get rid of that dollar amount. Realizing that if a man gains the whole world and loses his soul, he's gained nothing, but he's lost all. Right, So we have to get rid of that price, and Satan knows that we have a price. So in Revelation, you follow through the text, and you find Satan is coming, he's deceiving the church, and he's trying to get them to fall away and to follow follow after Rome and and evil and wickedness. And so he uses two ideas. He uses uh, the government in in chapter 13, and he tries to deceive everyone and say, hey, you got to follow the beast so that you can trade and have money. He uses financial things. He uses the things that we uh, appeal to. He uses money. He uses houses and fame and fortune. But it doesn't work with many people. And so here the church remains faithful and true. And so so many others remain faithful and true. And so Satan comes another way. And this time he comes in the likeness of Jesus Christ. And that's what he does all the time, right? He's all about deception. He's a master of deception. So we'll look at this abbreviated idea. Verse 4 of Revelation chapter 13. And they worship the dragon because he gave his authority to the beast. And they worship the beast saying, who is like the beast and who is able to wage war with him? So you see Satan's deception is this. God cannot beat Satan. How many people in the world believe that today? Right? Because Satan throws a little bit of everything out there for everyone. Whatever you want, whatever your flavor is. Satan said, I, I have it and I have a lot of it. Right And it deceives us, and it tricks us, and we we begin to think things like it's better to not be a Christian because then you can have more, and you can add whatever you want and have more fun, or you can have more of this or more of that, and then that's not true that's not true, so he comes another way this time, deceiving them in the world of religion, right through spirituality, uh verse eleven of Revelation chapter thirteen, and I saw another beast coming out uh, of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spoke as a dragon. And he exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence, and he makes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast whose fatal womb was healed. And he performs great signs, so as to he even makes fire come down out of heaven to the earth in the presence of men. And he deceives those who dwell on the earth because of the signs which it was given to him to perform in the presence of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who had the womb and the sword, he has come to life. So he comes in the likeness of, of the lamb. Verse 11 again. And I saw another beast coming. I don't want you to miss that. Out of the earth. And he had two horns like a lamb. Right? So in other words, he comes out and he's trying to be like Jesus. And he brings the world of religion down and says, You have all the authority right, that you want and you desire. Look at um, James, please, chapter 1. And he's all about deception, deceiving and deceiving and deceiving. Not truth, but all about deception. He's a liar and the father of lies, right? And, and, and I'll tell you what's scary. To, scary is today that lying is almost, is really acceptable, right? It's not acceptable, It's not acceptable. Church, it's all about Satan. Satan is a liar and the father of lies. So watch one of Satan's lies. One of the greatest lies. And this is how he deceives so many people today. And and we don't really always, most of us don't even have an answer for it. Most Christians are like, well, I, I don't know how to answer this one. It's because I don't think we really believe the Scriptures in this point. Because it's very difficult to explain. Verse 17, James 1. Every good thing bestowed and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. Every good thing bestowed comes from whom? God. Satan will never give a good gift. He will give a gift that's like a, it's like a Christmas present. When you open it up, it explodes on you or something, right? It, it, it will never, He will never give a good gift. It only comes from God. So everything in your life that you can say, man, this has been a blessing. Uh, it's been great. It's been wonderful. It's been good. That comes from God. It comes from God. R- R- Romans chapter two, uh, what is it? Verse four tells you that God is good to everybody, right? Matthew chapter 5, God is good to everybody. All the good gifts come from God. So then Satan and his demons, they cause all manner of disease and illness and defects and deformities. And We'll go back to the book of Job. Chapter 2. I know you're familiar with it, but I want to just grab this and then let's think about this for just a moment. Job chapter 2, verse 3 through verse 6. In the very beginning... This this challenge that that Satan brought in and his demons brought in, the idea is is God really in charge? Right? Look, look at verse three. Verse three says, The Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? And right there Christians say, See? See, God brought Job's name up, and so therefore it's God's fault. Well it's See, that's a a misunderstanding of God, isn't it? It's a misunderstanding of the text. Yes, God did bring Job's name up. Let's continue. And you consider my servant Job, for there is no one like him on the earth. So first thing God is saying to Job is this, or to Satan rather, is, I know Job, and Job will not, there's nothing you can do, because you don't have the power to deceive Job into leaving me ever. That's why God brought up the name Job. Because he knew there was nothing that Satan could do. Absolutely nothing that Satan could do. And did Job and did God not prove that? Of course he did, right? Okay, now, but was that to prove something to Satan or was that to teach us a lesson? It's to teach us, right? It's to teach us. When you have, look at what he says about Job. Job, a blameless and upright man, Fearing God and turning away from evil and he still holds fast his integrity although you've incited me against him to ruin him without a cause. Oh yeah, there we go. See, God says himself, you've incited me against him. What is, what is, what was the argument in chapter one? Remove the hedge of protection and I'll get him. Right? So, God removes the hedge of protection, but God didn't bring evil on Job. Satan brought evil. On Job. Okay? We gotta get that in our mind. Every good thing comes from God, every bad thing comes from Satan. So watch what happens in this in this argument, if you will. Verse eight, uh, if you will, uh the Bible says and he took a potsherd to scrape himself while he was sitting among the ashes. Then his wife said to him, Do you still hold fast your integrity? Curse God. And die. So we have the picture, we get the whole picture, right? We have the holistic view of the scriptures. You pick it up again in the book of James, more information about Job and his patience. We know that it's Satan, but I don't know that we all believe that. I don't know that we all believe that that transfer, this particular text, is brought to us so that we would understand today, and this is the work and the activity of Satan. When you read the book of Revelation, you find the work and the activity of Satan So here's what what happens. In today's world, when we go and visit someone who maybe they're injured or having a a difficult time in their lives, you will hear them say often, I don't know why God's doing this to me. And I'll often say, "Well, let's be careful how we blame things on God. Are you sure it's God? Do you have any evidence or any proof that it's God that's doing this to you? Why is God bringing evil into our lives? I'm just kind of quoting things that people will say. Uh because of this great evil, Satan, Satan's demons, right? They found this this clever way of getting humans to blame God, right? Because we have a misunderstanding of the battle that's going on in the spirit world, all the demons and and Satan himself. And they cause us to blame all evil, illness, afflictions, etc. On God. What is the last enemy to be destroyed? Death. If it's an enemy of God, is it a friend of God? Absolutely not. Right. What did God say to Satan? You can do these things, but don't do what? Don't kill him. So who has some power over death too? So I want you to understand when we're talking about demonology, understand the demons do not have any good in mind for us. Okay, remember that the Bible teaches us very clearly, consistently from Genesis Revelation, that God is bringing all manner of good to humanity, but Satan brings in all manner of evil. And all God has to do is just step away just for a moment from your situation, or, let me say it in this way, allow you to have what you want. And when God lets you go and to do the things that you wish, Satan says, a great target. Right? And then we're out there without protection and we do it, brethren, to ourselves. Okay, so here, here's here's one of the things. If God is a good God, then why is there so much sickness in the world today? You know, if God's a good God. If God is a good God, then then why does evil exist? If God is a good God, then why doesn't God stop evil? from happening and stop these plagues that are tormenting my mind. Turn to Matthew chapter 9. And this argument has worked so well for so many years that Satan continues to use it to this day, this mass of confusion that we blame God for practically everything that's bad. As humans, even as Christians, unfortunately, there's some of us who've been deceived and still blame God. For all the bad things and the atrocities and the wickedness and the evil that we see in this world today. You might say, if I were to say to you, it's not God. You might say, I'm not sure. Based on the scriptures, brethren, it's not God. Most of it's us. We do it to ourselves. But it's not God. Matthew 9, verse 32. Let's look at some of the things that Satan and his demons have done to people. And as they were... Uh, going out, behold, a dumb man, demon-possessed, was brought to him. And after the demons was cast out, the dumb man spoke, and the multitudes marveled, saying, Nothing like this was ever seen in Israel. So why couldn't this man speak? Was it because of God? Or was it because of the demons? Well, tells us. These are, I know this is in the days of the miraculous, but if you can get an understanding of this, and you can go back to the Old Testament and start digging on this. And follow it all the way through and watch the chain that follows through in the scriptures Matthew chapter twelve and verse twenty two when did when did Satan when did demons bring anything when have they brought anything good to a person's life <laughs> verse twenty two uh, then there was brought to him a demon possessed man who was blind and dumb and he healed him so that the dumb man spoke and saw so here are the days of the miraculous, and the demons enter into an individual, and guess what? Now he's blind, and he can't speak. Where did that come from? didn't come from God. Turn to Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9. We're going to look at a few of these next week, Lord willing, and we're going to look at the miraculous and demon possession, and looking at what God does to remove that today. Verse 22. And it has often thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him but if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. the principle he destroy, he's destroying himself. Why would, a, why would a man destroy himself? Why do we destroy ourselves today? Is that God? Absolutely not. So here's what's important. Second Corinthians, please we're going to close right here, chapter two and verse uh, beginning at verse nine. here's what's important. what's important for us is this. Not to be fooled by the devil or the demons. Don't let them fool us. Right? We have to be aware and understand what the Scriptures say. So the Bible says, study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman that need not be ashamed, handling a right or accurately handling the Word of God. Here's the thing. The more that you study, the more you understand God. And the more that you we'll understand demonology. Right? The more you understand God, the more you're going to understand demonology. Because the more you understand God, you understand when Jesus was talking about prayer in Matthew 7, he said, ask, seek, and knock. And then he gives you this illustration. He says, you know, if you went to your friend and asked for a loaf of bread, would he give you a snake? And you sit there and you go, who would think of something like that? But the point of the matter is, is that if you came asking for good, you came and asked God for help, would God give you evil? Answer, absolutely not. Because God Himself is not evil, nor can He tempt with evil. Right? Okay. Now, verse uh, verses 9 through verse 11. Indeed we... I'm sorry, I'm in the wrong place. Chapter 2, 2 Corinthians 2, verse 9 through 11. For to this end also I wrote that I might put you to the test whether you are obedient in all things. But whom you have forgiven anything, I forgive also. For indeed what I have forgiven... If I have forgiven anything, I did it for your sakes in the presence of Christ. In order that no advantage be taken over us by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his schemes. Here's what's important. Knowledge. Right? Don't be ignorant of Satan's schemes, of the demon's schemes. Understand that they want nothing good for us. So then the question comes up, why would I walk away from God? See how powerful deception is? To know this, to know that to walk away from God means you're walking to whom? To Satan. Why would anyone do that unless they've been deceived? Think about that for just a minute. Think about the depth and the power in that, right? And we don't understand it. We don't think about it. I'm not saying we think about it and say, well, I'm going to leave God so I can walk in the hands of Satan. No, that's the point. It's deception. We don't even realize we're doing it. So today, if we can become more aware of the fact that if we walk away from God, there's only one other place to go, and that's the Satan. and we'll stay away from him. He's very good at what he does, and he tricks all of us. He's deceptive. He's an enemy, and he's destructive. The demons are destructive, but they're very cunning. They're very smooth. And we don't even realize that we're falling into his trap. And that's why we've got to pray, not just for ourselves. We've got to pray for those who are struggling in their faith, for those who have fallen away. They don't even know it, right? We've got to pray, brethren. Only God can deliver us from this body of death. Tonight, if you're not a child of God, we invite you to surrender to Christ, to to remove the force of evil from you, to allow God to... Be a part of you. After having heard his word and believed it, repented of your sins of godly sorrow. Make a good confession you believe Jesus, Lord, the Christ, the Son of the living God. Be baptized, immersed in water for the remission of your sins, and walk with Jesus. Tonight, if you're struggling in your faith that we can help you in any way, please come while together we stand and sing our song, Invitation. all to him.